Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. other people 
about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, notice those words in verse 12 of the fifth chapter. But he goes on almost to lament in saying that too many people are content to drink milk and not get involved in any food that has more substance to it. And he criticizes Christian people as being unskillful, that is, incapable of imparting to somebody else of something about the gospel because we've been too intent upon staying babies and now, I want to say, and not growing up. He says in the very beginning of the sixth chapter to leave something. He is not saying leave in the sense of ignore, but he is saying leave in the sense of getting beyond. Take the basics and build on those basics. Or, to put it another way, as he uses the principles, or to say it another way, the elementary teachings of the Scripture, we ought to be able to get beyond some of the basics. Back in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, Paul talks this very thing. And in the 13th verse, he says, I count not myself to have apprehended, that is, to have reached a state of achievement. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which were behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. All right. What he is saying is we must forget in the sense of not dwell upon those elementary things that the church teaches and get on to other things. Now let me say quickly that there is a need for basic teaching in this church. We need our basis for our lives. There are some basic things that we must know and understand. For example, we must believe that there was the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Anybody who does not believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ will go to hell. That's what the scripture teaches. It's a basic elementary teaching of the scripture. Secondly, a person must believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary for our sin. Without that belief, also, a person cannot be saved. And thirdly, a very basic thing, and that is that Jesus arose from the grave. Now you put the virgin birth, the crucifixion of Christ, and the resurrection from the grave, and you've got the basis of what we believe and what we teach. And without it, one cannot have eternal life, for he is rejecting the very person of Jesus Christ. But, once we understand that and know that, we ought to be able to talk about something else, because the Bible is full of other subjects and other doctrines that we ought to deal with. He is saying milk is okay for a baby, but milk is not okay for an adult to have as a total diet. It is fine that we must teach and believe in the virgin birth, the crucifixion, and the resurrection, but if that's all we ever talk about, we haven't begun.
Galatians chapter 4 has something very important to say to us. And verses 14 and 15, he says, Henceforth be no man children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Now, did you hear those words? We ought to grow up into Christ. We ought to be mature in Christ. All right, well, that is sort of a preliminary. Then let's get into the meat of the message. We're talking about maturity, about growing up, about becoming Christians that have a good foundation. And then he says something very strange. He says, leave behind you four basic things. Get beyond those four things. Notice what he said to get beyond. Look at them there. First of all, in the first verse, get beyond repentance from dead works. Get beyond faith for God. Get beyond the doctrine of baptisms, plural. And get beyond the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Wow. Isn't that what we teach? And he's telling us to get beyond those? Well, let's tell them apart a little bit and see just what he is, is talking about. In the Old Testament days, and remember, the book of Hebrews was written Christian Jews, Christian people who came up in the Old Testament teachings. In the Old Testament days, people believed that they were saved by what they did. Well, we have the same thing in today's world. Basically, people think they're saved by what they do. We haven't changed one iota from the Old Testament teachings that salvation is by what and it was in those days where Christ had not come and brought grace. People today are still saying that they're saved by the way they live. I had more than one person. As a matter of fact, I think many people who have come and said to me, I know that if I don't change my ways, I'm going to hell. And I say to them, brother, you change your ways and you're still going to hell. Because it is not ways that makes a person saved. It is not how good or how moral or immoral we are that makes us saved. Those things are evidences of our salvation, not the means of our salvation. Do you hear me? Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm glad you're awake. I hope the rest are. Now, I'm not done with this subject. The reason I read the Good News Translation, that translation did not say dead works, it said useless works. What is this talking about? The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that most of you can quote from memory, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of works, uh, lest any man that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Since I couldn't quote it, let me read it. I'll go back and do it there. I've got two phrases translated in there. 
should boast. You can't get much clearer than that. One is not saved by what he does. See, in the Old Testament days, it's sort of like a, a balance scale. If it depends on how much good or how much bad as to which way it tipped. And that's exactly what people are saying when they say, if I don't change my ways, I'm going to hell. That is, they're saying, if I don't put more good on that scale and tip of the weight in that direction, then I'm in bad shape. If the bad outweighs the good, I'm going to hell. If the good outweighs the bad, I'm going to heaven. That was the Old Testament concept, and that is the concept that got many people today. But Ephesians says that it is by grace that we're saved and not of works. All right, but you say, oh, but James says over in chapter 2 of James, and I think we need to go over there, James chapter 2, beginning at verse 14, I'm going to preach a series on the book of James, I think probably in February. James chapter 2, just turn right ahead from Hebrews, right on over. The next Chapter 2. What doth it profit, my brother, though a man say he hath faith, he hath not works? Here's the question. Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be one filled, and notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Okay. Does that not say then that we've got to work to be saved? No. Didn't say that at all. We have misconstrued the meaning of that verse. This is talking about faith and works. It's not talking about grace and works. It is by grace that we're saved. We're not saved by faith. I want you to hear that. We are not saved by faith. Don't anybody go out of here and misquote me either. I say we're not saved by faith. We are saved by grace. God does the saving, not us. Faith is what we have, not what God has. God has grace. We have faith. We're saved by God, not by me or you. We've got to have faith, that is, faith is that which makes it possible for us to receive grace, but it is the grace that saves us, not the faith that we have. Do you understand? Is that confusing? Faith is simply man making him available and giving himself to God. Salvation is what God does for man. What God does for man. Can faith save him? The answer is no. It is grace that we're saving. Well, let me tell you, if you've got faith in God enough to cause God to give you grace, you're going to do works as a result of your faith. The person who does not do good for God, there is plenty of question as to whether he was ever saved or wrong. Tonight I'm going to preach on that very subject. We continue the next series here, the next sermon. All right, he says now, put out of your mind the fact that you can be saved by works. That's the point number 
United States because many Baptist people as well as other denominations are still holding on to that fact that they believe they can save according to how good and moral they are. That doesn't isn't fair at all. Second point. He says, get beyond faith in God. Wow. Put behind you faith in God. But that's what we're supposed to have is faith in God. Well, we're supposed to have faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Lots of people believe in God who do not believe in Jesus Christ. Faith in God without faith in Jesus Christ is dead. It's useless. There are going to be multitudes of people in hell who believe in God. Scripture says the devils believe and they tremble. And man believes and doesn't tremble at all. The devils have more of a concept of what I believe in God is than man does. Paul believed in God. Paul was a very devout believer in God. But he refused to accept Jesus. Christ until on his road to Damascus. He worshiped God, but he rejected Jesus Christ. What the writer is saying is it's time for people to understand that a belief in God is not going to save them. Jesus has now come. He is in the world and the Son of God, and without a belief in the Son of God, there will be no salvation. Again, do you hear? Indeed, this is the state of most men in today's world. They think a belief in God is sufficient. A belief in God will cause them to come up short because they must get beyond a belief in God to a belief in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. All right, number three. He says to get beyond the doctrine of baptisms, plural. Certain times of the year, women went through their house hunting 
Crab only, hunting for yeast. All women know where they keep the yeast. I still have to look under the bed and under the chair to find yeast. Because yeast symboled sin, uh, an impurity. And they were to search their house and get rid of all impurity. So a ceremonial process took place in which they went through their house hunting for any possible yeast that might be around. And they did. They looked everywhere to make sure there was none. Ceremonial. That's all they were doing. Going through ceremony. And, and there's nothing wrong with ceremony. As a matter of fact, the Lord gave us in the Old Testament plenty of illustrations and processes of ceremony that people were to go through. But he's saying again, if all you have is ceremony, you have nothing. Get away from that concept. There's more to, to, to Christian service, more to devotion to God, than undergoing a ceremony. Sometimes we make a ceremony, and that's all it is. But listen, if a person does nothing more than go through a ceremonial process, then he's lost. You can become a member of this church, but without Jesus Christ in your heart, you're lost. So he's saying it's time for the church to grow up and quit talking about going through certain ceremonial processes, because it is the blood of Jesus Christ and his only that cleanses us from sin. It is not the ceremony. It is the Christ that we serve and worship. All right? Again, he says to forget about the laying on of hands. I have gone over and over and over that phrase. I've read it in every translation that I have. I've read every book that I have in my library on this subject, and I still have come up just about as blank as I did when I first read it. All translations say it the same way, laying out of hands. What did he mean? Well, there are two possibilities. The second one, I think, probably is the more accurate one. At least that's the one I'm going to hold to. He may be saying, you're going to have to forget about thinking that you can't be saved until an apostle puts his hands on you and you get the Holy Ghost. We know the illustration in uh, the New Testament, in Acts, particularly in chapter 8 and other places, but uh, where there was the laying out of hands and the Holy Spirit came to a person when the apostles laid on their hands and, and then they became filled with the Holy Spirit. But we also remember that Peter preached to Cornelius in his house and while he was preaching the Holy Spirit came. That's the process. You don't have to wait for some preacher or a priest or rabbi or what have you to lay his hands on you before you become saved. And there were people in that day who thought you couldn't be saved until one of those guys put their hands on you. He may be saying, get away from this concept that you can't be saved until somebody puts his hands on you. But I think more likely what he's talking about is reminding the Hebrew people of the sacrifice process that they used to use, in which they would take the sacrificial lamb or whatever it was that they were offering, they would put their hands on it, symbolizing that they were transferring their sins to the sacrifice, and therefore their sins were forgiven. Listen, it is not the fact that we touch Jesus that makes us saved, it's the fact that Jesus touches us. He is telling us to get away from the fact that it's something that we must do to be saved. He's talking about the fact we're going to have to get away from, from that concept and realize that it is Jesus Christ in our lives doing 
something not us doing something. There are many people that nearly pray, God, you ought to be thankful that I'm on your side. As if God needed us. Well, let me tell you, the guy who was saved, the lady who was saved, the boy or girl who was saved, knows that it is because Jesus Christ came down and touched our lives. He got hold of us, not we getting hold of him. There is a hymn that tells a terrible lie. It says, hold to God's unchanging hand. Let me tell you, we can't. It's God holding to us that makes us saved. God holding to us. Lastly, he says, get away from or get beyond talking about the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. This, again, is a confusing one, and I've spent some, a good bit of time wrestling this one over. What's he talking about? I think we can lump them together for the sake of time, the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment. He is saying, I believe that there are some teachings in the Scripture that are so basic and so fundamental there's no longer any use discussing. There is no room for argument that Jesus arose from the grave. There is no room for argument that there will be a judgment. You see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and so on always were discussing. They had big theological discussions. And uh, the Sadducees didn't believe in, in the resurrection and the judgment to come. And, and the writer is saying, look, folks, that is basic and elementary. There's no use you debating it any further. There is no reason for us to argue with any other church, discuss it in any way. We believe in, and there's no room for, for a discussion on it. Jesus did arise from the grave. That is evident. The fact is there. There's no room for discussion. There will be a final judgment. That's what the scripture teaches. There is no room for discussion. There's no point in having a debate. Yes, there will be a, a, a judgment. No, there won't be a judgment because it is stated very, very clear in the Scripture. So the, the writer is saying, let's get beyond some of these things and get on with living. Get on with serving the Lord. Sometimes we wallow around in the same thing over and over and over and over and over forever. When are we going to grow up? When are we going to face life with the help of God, with the help of Jesus Christ as, as our guide, and become teachers of others? Are we always going to have to drink milk forever? Or can we take solid food and really wrestle with and, and deal with subjects that are deep? Not just spend our time in those things that, that are wrong, such as uh, thinking about salvation by works, but are wrong in thinking that a faith in God is all that one needs, but are wrong in thinking that all we've got to do is go through a ceremony, go through the waters of baptism, and that assures our salvation. Are wrong in thinking that, that uh, it, salvation is something we do because it is not. It's something God does. We ought to understand these things. Why deal with them? We ought to know them and teach them to people who don't. But 95% of us here this morning should already know all this stuff, should we not? 
Right with him over and over and over. That's what he's saying. We ought to know it. And be ready to teach it to those who don't. So he said, go on. Let's leave behind us those things that are elementary. And let's get on to other things that we need to talk about. And verse 3, and he says, um, with God's help, we will do that. With God's help, we'll do it. That's what I believe we as a church. That's where we are. God's help, we're going to do it. We're going to grow. We're not going to continue to deal with elementary subjects. We're going to go on to something. Make the gospel crisis. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.